Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Becca Merkel. I'm Rachel Jankovic, and we came back this week. <laughs> we <laughs> gathered together in the car again. <laughs> After a week of flunking out badly. We didn't even really I actually come think I thought of calling you to podcast. say, should we do a podcast? And it was on Thursday, which is already yeah, past the due. <laughs> I was like, actually, I think we missed it. Never mind. Well, the thing is, last week... It was your kids were already on summer break because the elementary all students, but one. yeah, I had the, one still. The elementary school. students get out a bit earlier than the secondary, so Rachel had all of her kids at home all day. I was giving Which is finals, super quiet, and really it's calm, so yeah. relaxing, yeah. so relaxing, and nobody wants to eat anything <laughs> all day. <laughs> and meanwhile, I was up at Logos with a crazy schedule, giving finals all week, and and I had switched a couple of classes, so I was doing oral finals, which is good because you're done with the grading as soon as you're done except the bad thing is it takes like 42 times as long so it's not a <laughs> real pluses and minuses to that way time it. saver really in the end <laughs> so anyway that was and then we had graduation and we had i don't even know what we had it was then, too busy. so saturday we had a graduation and our cousin's wedding and a cousin's wedding that's and right and then another wedding that we missed and then yeah. and then it was just much happenings Many yeah, of them lots happened. Of stuff. Things went anyway, on. Anyway, I'm but still. But Becca, grading. what have you been doing? <laughs> yes, having my ears like grading. pinned flat back to my head. Uh -huh. The wind. Uh huh. Uh, no, I was just grading this evening. I'm just finishing up the last stack of written finals. So all Victory my grades Victory is are, almost yours. Yeah, my grades have to be done by tomorrow at noon. So, come hell or high water, I will have finished my yeah. grades by then. But. It's also my 20th anniversary tomorrow. Woo! So we are going to run out of town um, tomorrow after I finish my grades. <laughs> At noon o'clock. They're going to blast out of town. Oh, clock. That's yes. fun. So anyway, it'll be really very much a like, okay, now I'm done. And then when we get back, I will try to settle into a summer right. rhythm routine of, life. of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. That's so what I've been working on. It's been a bit spicy. And then Knox graduated, our oldest son, graduated on Saturday. So that's just nutty. And he's off on a senior trip right yeah. now. And so that's really crazy. I liked that's what fun. you said that it was like the first the pop first of the popcorn because. Of the next batch of popcorn. We have, he's only, it feels like he's only the third graduate in the family. But I was the last one. The from third? Fourth, sorry. Yeah, I mean, there were three of us before oh, him. from Logos, yeah. From Logos, and he's only the fourth, but I was the last one in That's 1998. That's So really it's been funny. a while. So then what happens, though, is that next year, Gemma, next year, Belle, next year, Rory, the next, next year, year, Lucy and, and Hero. Hero, and then the next year, Lena and Amira, and then the next year, Judah, and then the next year, Seamus, and then the next year, Daphne, Daphne, and then the next year, my twins, Chloe and Titus, and then we have a year One off. One year off. And then in that year off, we're all going to skip Logos graduation. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that I love is that I'm like, so 10 years, Knox will be like I'm like so yeah, Moses will still be in school we'll probably be having these maze that are full of baby showers and births mm -hmm. and bridal showers I mean in the family not I just know. weddings and I but I will still be trying to hustle back in time for for 
you know, basketball Another practice. Another high school graduation. <laughs> I know. Still got to be doing nuts. that. It but anyways, nuts. it does feel like here that comes. But you know what is so sweet about it is that it is. I've, I have told my husband, you know, everybody says time goes so fast. You know, it's going so fast is what everyone's yeah. always saying. I, say, I think, I think everyone's wrong. It is not going so fast. There's just not very much time. <laughs> like, well, I think that all the time. I'm like, my dad, no, on. no, that was not time. Life is not long no. enough. It's it, like, it was like, we're all, and yeah, it's just, there's no way we're going to get it. There's just a we whole need to get list of stuff that I hope we're going to be able to get to in heaven because it's not happening here. Yeah, you're like, wouldn't that be great if, if our heavenly experience was just killing to-do lists? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> like, look at me accomplish everything in one like day. I never even did really try, like, rock carving. Wow. <laughs> that was not what I expected to come out. That was not it. I'm but, just picturing, you know, yeah. like, what are things I would like to be able to do? I would love to be able well, to, like, I'll tell you, pick I, up a hammer I, and chisel. One thing about, about doing old... Uh, styles of arts and craft things is that old styles of arts and crafts yeah the ancient ones pottery like, weaving okay bread fine. making that's okay, sourdough sure. these are all things that i have done that are ancient in their craftsmanship like right like they're very yeah, it is not like the rainbow loom it's ancient <laughs> like people been doing this since the get-go sure. but let me tell you the bad downer about that is that if it was the nifty knitter you were trying to master <laughs> there's actually not a really forever long depth of places you need no. to understand and know what happened and this uh-huh. so we're very much dabblers in the pottery you know, we, we dabble about in the garage and track a ton of clay into our house. But other than that, we don't accomplish very much. <laughs> but my husband and I are like, we have got to step up our glazing game. Like, we've just been lame at glazing. We were working so hard on just being able to make a stupid cylinder that we basically um, just glazed it. However, but it's always coming out like, wow, we've got to do better than this. People who do pottery have to do better than this at the glaze. <laughs> well, you would begin researching that, and it is like, oh yeah, are you even joking me? Like oh, I know. the levels that this goes to, because it goes back forever. It goes to ten hundred million different cultures and traditions. It goes like there's no end to oh, what, and people are still pioneering new fields of glazing effects today. I was just watching a video made in the 60s from a beautiful English China factory. And it's so... So you've been super busy. I have been really... (laughs) This was like two weeks ago. Come on now. This was before the crisis. Um, No, but it's like beautiful stuff. Oh yeah. There's all these different techniques and all of the, um, you know, how they make a plate. I was so oh, yeah. fascinated That's by fun, how they make a plate. Well, there's a lot of different ways to make them. Well, this was a neat way. There's anyway. this one. There's this one Asian potter that is just disgustingly good. That Luke and I keep watching him on YouTube, and he wedges his clay, and it looks like a beautiful sea creature. It's like coming out <laughs> like he's just kneading the clay, and it's coming out like a huge seashell. You know, like it's like in this beautiful big spiral of gorgeousness, <laughs> and everything he makes, he's just like, uh, you know, you just do this and it's like 
you just, you know, whip off with this fine porcelain thing. Like he's he's doing exactly what he wants to do the whole time without yeah. any. And it, you know what it is? It's a thing that when you watch the videos, people doing it, you're like, oh, I could totally do that. I could yeah. totally center the clay. Well, it's like watching somebody no who's Bob. amazingly good at like downhill skiing. Yeah, like, like, oh, oh looks easy, fine. easy. Looks so, fine. but then you get your own hands on the wheel. You know, we're like, let's. So we're trying to figure out how to center the clay all by ourselves and mm -hmm. with no instructions other than occasional YouTubing. We bought we bought the potter's wheel to learn. So yeah. we just got the clay, we got the wheel, we're like, now what? And I think we didn't even have clay when we first got the wheel, so we went to, there's nowhere in town we could buy it. So we went to Michael's and bought some, like, oh, that's some kind of like clay. air dry yeah, clay. What was clay. the best we could do? I mean, it was like one step up from Play-Doh. Yeah. <laughs> We made a couple, we made several in those early days, several sort of dog dish-like bowls. <laughs> like a nice ashtray. It was like a, a larger than you would ever need ashtray. <laughs> but the thing is so funny is you, you try to center the clay and it is like, oh my word. It is very different looking. Yeah. When you see someone do it, you're like, oh, they just, but I didn't realize I'd be like just bracing my on elbow it. on my leg and pushing as hard as you can. And like, yeah. it's like, and it's very physical, very fun. But it, anyways, we're getting better. I made one mug I was feeling a little smug about. I was like, check that out. It's a <laughs> mug. I'm feeling smug about it. And it was because generally I go really wrong on the handles. And it, one interesting thing with the clay is when you start making something, it's like it's like part of your brain leaves. You can't access it anymore, and you don't sure. know how big a normal mug is. <laughs> you're like, you're like, this is gonna be huge. And then by the time you're done with it, and you actually fire it, you're you like, like a little like double a shot four ounce mug. Like I don't know. You just can't. You have no perspective. So yeah, we were doing a mug thing where we just kept making mugs to try to just you know just one size clay. Just keep working on it. It's yeah, fine. yeah. Anyways, but the thing I meant about the the older the craft the more infinite the body of knowledge oh, you can't man, master. Yeah. That's for sure. The more you're like, I'll never know. I'll never be able to do this yeah. like people do this. Yeah. And there's something fun about that. There's something like you're participating yeah. in a, something yeah. much bigger and older than you'll ever, yeah. you'll never pioneer it. No, it's really fun. I love, I love encountering something where you can just keep peeling back the layers and discovering more. Oh my word. There is the weirdest weird like rain windstorm just blew in out of nowhere. I'm not sure that that's, I think what you're seeing is all the aphids spit on the outside. No, the look at back. Oh. Yeah. I don't yeah. see that. Interesting. Interesting weather event. Yeah. <laughs> it is an interesting yeah, weather Yeah, blow by blow accounts yeah. of the weather event. Wind, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Wind is happening. I see some debris in the air. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing some dust. Yes. So anyways, kind of a ride. that's what we've been doing is entering summer, summer in no kind of a chill manner at all. Like, <laughs> at all. Like, so funny. I do feel like we've been running our fastest down the moving sidewalk and that exit off is... is oh my word, it's so bad. This is so... Stagger. It's really... This is a bigger thought here, but... I am actually planning on writing something about this, but whatever. I'll hope that people who read that what I write don't listen to the podcast, or they'll go. or they won't be sick of me. There's no crossover here. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but because all the kids have been at home, and it is so wild, so wild, and not in a bad way at all. Like it's just wild in a 
someone is always has something to tell you about someone is always hungry no yeah. everyone's always hungry because they have to acclimate to the life of uh they don't struggle with this when they go to school. They pack a lunch. They just eat lunch. They're not all day begging their well, teachers. Well, they do struggle with it because at 1030, they're sitting there going, oh, I'm so hungry and I have to sit here for another hour. Yeah, but my kids take, take they eat something out of their lunch a lot of times at their first recess and then they save something for oh. the last recess. So they're kind of just, they have their snacks. That's whatever. very organized of you. Well, whatever the case, it's because they have like no time to actually eat their lunch. So they, they strategize eating it through the like anyways but the point in all this is that they have to adjust to being at home yeah also that we don't just eat all day at home we actually take breaks from eating Mm -hmm. anyways we we but we're just having this time where like i was making bread lena's making a cake chloe wanted to do something and i'm like yes make the satay dip for dinner so she's like following a recipe you know chloe's nine lena's it was like could we have more going on in the kitchen right now and the answer really is no there was no way because those were the people actually trying to make something everyone else of course was just milling about in there you know being part of the scene and um, it's all very sweet but it's super intense it's just intense in a like i feel like i need to go lay down in my bedroom and let the steam whistle out my eyeballs for a minute in the middle of the day like see yesterday my two of my girls decided to have a baking challenge of some sort where they did not use a recipe and mm. they had to come up with a chocolate dessert i was not home at the moment one of them came out like basically ch- <laughs> we'll pretend they're not going to listen to this later uh it's kind of like a slab of chocolate flavored butter <laughs> And actually, I tasted some, and it's surprisingly not bad. Like, it was, but it's very, like, it was very buttery chocolate slap. The other one, they they whipped up some kind of a, like, cinnamon clove chocolate caramel thing on a pie kind of. Wow. They really went to town. Anyway, so, yeah, I've got those sitting on my counter right now, and enticing you. Yeah, it's just, it's the summertime. (laughs) Yeah, but the the thing that was really fun, well, I was thinking about telling telling my husband this this is what I was going to write about is that it is in a very intense and very demanding time and it's not because it has to be it's not because it's not intense and demanding because um I can't control the kids or make them go it's not that it is that what I want to give them is something that is very intense and very demanding you know it mm-hmm. just is. Well, no, you could smother them and turning turn them into boring humans. Oh, I could be like, watch the TV all day. Watch or the TV, I could say, you can't be up here doing anything. Sit go in your room and sit, read a book. Yeah, or go outside and stay outside and don't made. talk to me. And I'm not going to do any of those things. So instead, yeah. I'm fielding interesting and the thing questions. Is, if you were doing those things, you would be creating a lot of boring humans. Not just boring. I was telling, this is what I was telling my husband. I said, imagine a time in your life. Like, just use your imagination. And imagine being really discouraged, really, like, you've been working really hard, and things are hard, and, you know, whatever. You imagine a hard time when you could really use a friend, you know? Like, one of those times. And then imagine the kind of friend who just bears trials with joy and will, like, not that they're not feeling, but that they're encouraging because they're like, we're here with you and we also can handle adversity. We also can, you know, like we can be thoughtful. We are creative. We're fun people to talk to. We're, 
You know, like sometimes you just a friend who is distracting is so encouraging. Yeah. Like like I know your trouble, but mostly let's talk about something else that we could turn. You know, like let's think bigger, let's move past this or whatever. Anyways, I'm saying think of that. And then I'm like, that is my job right now. That is what I'm doing in these days is making these seven people into that friend. Like, and not just into, not into, not for me. I'm just saying making the kind of humans who joyfully face adversity and, and are like, and you're not going to do it by me not joyfully facing like it's just I feel like it's so much what I'm doing with them is exactly the people I want them to be and that's incredible amounts of output right now because I have seven of them yeah but I imagine that in 30 years it will be incredible amounts of input because there are seven of them like you know the fact that you're multiplying this all is like I know that there will be people who can, who will always be like, oh, mom, let me handle the desserts for that. Let me do, you know, like, even though right now I probably would prefer in my selfish heart to be like, I'll handle it. Like, everybody go away and let me handle it. At the same time, I know I don't want that long term. I know that what I want is the kind of people who are major contributors and fun and entertaining and, like, interesting. And that requires me going ahead and floating the paper log cabin endeavors with the glue guns that were all over the floor and um you know just all of the things that are happening it's like you know what yes yeah because often i think it's it's easy to forget what it is that your project is and we feel like our project is a tidy living room when actually our project is this little people bundle of souls yes and i am building those i am actually not trying to build the perfect Pinterest house. No, or the best organized shoes by the door. That's not my main game. Although one thing, uh, my husband has said this a lot. I'm sure other people have said this. It's just that, you know, the frustrating part of housekeeping is just the repetitive nature of it. The like, Oh my word, here's another dinner. Oh my word. How did this happen already? Um, and one of the things that he has said so many times, and it's always encouraging. So it was like, nothing that you do will last. It was like nothing. All of the work is total vanity and futile. It's like, except huh. these people. Like, they are eternal. Like, every one of them individually, this is eternal. It is the only work I will ever do that will last. Yeah. Like, the only thing, you know, you're building up these little people. You're making people, like, uh, be courageous when they wanted to be fearful. It's like, these are eternal things that you're doing. Yeah. But the the general, org- and I love having the house clean and organized. I love that, but it is not my main, you know, it's like, that's down the line, you know, like it's not the most important. And having the house clean and organized can be a tool by which you, um, build better humans, but it can also be a tool by which you batter down the humans that are in your midst. And, and that it's so easy to let the one displace the other where it's like, what are you doing? Did you think you lived here or something? Yeah. What on earth? <laughs> or I've said this before that, you know, when you ma- if you made a beautiful meal and you sent it to a table, you're like, you know, a chef in the kitchen. You send out a beautiful plated yeah. meal. If they all came back to you untouched. Just as beautiful. Something has gone wrong. Oh, my word. And the work that you're, and it would not please a chef to have yeah. the food coming back untouched. It would not even please a chef to have the food coming back with major you, chunks left on it. Let me tell you from personal experience that one time we invited a person to dinner. It was Thanksgiving dinner and we invited him because he didn't have anywhere to go. 
And he came and was the biggest pud at Thanksgiving dinner that I was so out of charity with him by the end because he wouldn't eat. He wouldn't eat anything. And Thanksgiving dinner, you have basically been cooking for like four days straight. And he kind of sits there and he takes like a little dollop of something and sort of pokes at it. He wouldn't even eat dessert. He said, no, thank you on all the pies. (laughs) And I was, I was ready to be like, I'm sorry. You will eat your apple pie. Open up because your mouth. <laughs> like, Open you up know? your mouth and let me stuff this in there. Do you know how much cooking has gone into this? You will eat your darned um, sweet potatoes or whatever it was. Uh, that was so funny. But yeah, but the you're thing like, is, like straight up that what's that woman who's so famous for her Thanksgiving letter? Marnie. You ready to do that? Ready to write a Thanksgiving letter? No, but you know the person. Susan, do not use the blue platter you used last year that was too clumsy and large. No, you will bring them at twenty-eight degrees so that they can thaw. Yeah, it is not that. It is the what it is is. A, you put a bunch of effort into something lovely, and then somebody right. who sits there and makes a fat face. At right. It. So my point with the with the thing about a chef not being happy yeah. if something came back untouched is that that's what I mean. Is like, that it's a pain I need in the to neck. I need to think of the work I'm doing on my home as that kind of yes. consumable material, yeah. and it's incredibly accurate because if you go clean the whole living room and arrange it nicely, where does everyone go? They dive into the living room. I yeah. mean, they are like, I can't even yeah, wait to do a puzzle right here. I just remember like, when my wow. kids were little, you clean up the, like, play area. They're all in it. They they love it. They want to get in oh, there. Oh, the bookshelves. I tidy it. up the bookshelves, and my kids act like they've never seen any of the books. No, and it's Never like, mind that they're all out of place because everyone's been handling the like books But it's, like, such every a day. blessing to them. No, and they, but they can't wait to eat it up. They're, yeah. like, hanging over your shoulder. Yeah, like, like when is this going to be ready? A and beautiful dinner. It's yeah. a good thing for me to think about that, that, that the way I want my home to be is a beautiful plated dinner. Yeah. But even more importantly than it being beautiful and plated, I want it to be the thing everyone wanted to eat. Yeah. But, which is like, can I please also, get in here? You don't want it to be a bunch of cleverly, you know, like disguised artificial food that nobody can eat. Oh yeah. And right. that is very easy. I think especially for very type A kinds of ladies. It can be, right. they, they like things they, the way they like them. It will be organized this way. You may not touch this. You may not uh-huh. do that. The living room must stay uh, this see, way. See, I remember, I think mom. And that's an artificial meal that you're serving up. Right. And uh, some things that were a hard adjustment in my life. Like I remember as a kid, mom would, I'm, well, I don't know if I remember it for us or if I remember mom just telling someone this or however I remember it. The advice of just like, oh, just have them put back one toy in there and then get something else out instead of letting them just like dump all the toys or do whatever which I don't allow that either but I but the funniness of having more children closer together in this in age is that it just does not that is not the way life is going like one person's like playing with the Duplos when a second person joins them and then the third person brings the stuffed animals to start a game of <laughs> of vet yeah. service. And then they decide to use the laundry basket for that in the Duplos. And then they're <laughs> building dog dishes out of yeah. something else. Like, it just sort of... But Mom never did that, though, because I like, don't remember. we were always making blanket forts all over the Her house. Mom was not at all uptight, but there were three of us. It was a different... It's just a different dynamic. I was saying it was a hard adjustment for me. I would always think when I had all these little kids, like I should be able to control yeah. this. Right. And the frustration for me was always coming in that, that I knew enough to know I can't, I can't, I can't be the kind of mom who won't allow 
this right. obviously right. healthy, obviously joyful, obviously yep. really, uh, obviously what's the word I'm looking for? It's like little souls that are really prospering. Yes. Like where they're having an awesome time together and you want to be like, no, you can't do that with a throw pillow. How dare you touch my throw pillow when you're obviously being the coolest kids. You know, you just can't be like yeah. that. But it was a battle for me because I wanted everything. I was a person yeah. who had grown up with that, like, let me clean my room and turn all the right lights on and know that everything is exactly where I want it. And I admire the view. Of yeah. it. And that is how I wanted to. Right. That was not the part of my personality that God thought was awesome. <laughs> Surprisingly, he was like, let's scrap that and look for something else. <laughs> let's put in a different part it's like, now. wouldn't it be great if she could just spend her whole life with all the right lights on? I was like, no, he did not feel that way about my future. Okay, it's, it's all been good. Oh, but funny. it's the thing I've just been thinking about is more like, what I want my kids to be in the long run is the kind of people who are hugely encouraging to all the people around them, all yeah. the people that they can bless. And right now they're in the like boot camp of learning uh -huh. those skills. Yeah. And I happen to be the main instructor. <laughs> I better catch up on those skills because yeah. you're like, I need to be blessing my children at the same rate yeah. as I want them all blessing people. Yeah. Anyways. Yes. Well, and then switching topics. Okay. We were, we were talking earlier too about, um, privacy, not, yeah, not like how to not take personal grievances about your husband or your parents or your children or your siblings or your friends, how to not take those to other people in a way that's super unproductive, which I guess is just another word for gossip, but, or another way of describing gossip. Right. But. Um, often people share things and this is something that my mother-in-law said one time that I thought was so very wise of her. She said, you know, if a married couple has some kind of little bump and then the wife, let's say, goes and tells her mother all the things that her husband did and their disagreement about whatever it was. She said, you know, the thing is, is that the husband and wife will make it up probably and they'll move on and they'll forget all about it and they'll forget that it ever happened but the mother will not she will have that locked yeah. away in her memory and she will be thinking about what a jerk that guy was to her daughter and the daughter may forget you know the next day that this right. ever happened but the people that you tell don't have the ongoing relationship with the love and 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 everything that just rolls past it so it's like if you go and tell somebody else you've entered it into a ledger which right. now you can't really erase because but I think there's two sides to think about because one of that is to not be that person. Like, um, you know, in, in, uh, it's in Voyage of the Dawn Trotter, right? Where, where Lucy looks in the book and yes. sees her friends talking about her. Yes. And, and I always kind of mind what, what Aslan says about that afterwards, because I, well, I should have looked it up if I was going to talk about that part of it, but I always feel like it leaves it at such a hopeless place. Like now that you've seen that, you can never go back to be, that. he kind of is basically saying you can never, you shouldn't have looked at that because it was not your business. Well, but, it isn't because often if we really knew what other people thought of us, we would be I'm not, crushed. I'm not discouraged about that part of it. <laughs> I'm saying it was right after he says, you shouldn't have looked at that. Like you had no right to look at that because they were just trying to impress each other and it wasn't yeah. really about you. 
but but he but it leaves it in a place that's like now you can never Unhear it was it. kind of yeah. like you can never overcome that and i don't that's the part of it that i'm like i prefer well, i don't know that it's you can't overcome it it's just that now it's i error. doubt i'm not trying to really pick a fight with lewis because i really am fond of him and i have cited that part many times because it's relevant but one of the things is that if you hear an offense in passing one thing that is really important I think is to recognize the fact that the person who did it would never know they should apologize to you. Yeah, right. They would never like, for instance, with the example that you just gave, a husband could have been unkind to his wife, then repented, then apologized to her and made it up to her totally. Yeah. By by being really clear, you know, like I was being a punk about whatever. Like, forgive sure. me. I love you. Move right on. We're all fine. We're like better than yeah. before. But he didn't know he needed to get on the phone and call his mother-in-law and or the say, book group. yeah, yeah. the book group and and be like, hey, prayer chain friends. Yeah. I needed to apologize to all of you for the thing that I said to my wife that I didn't actually yeah. even mean. I was feeling testy that she did yeah. something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever. And you think, well, he didn't know to apologize to them, which is why that just went into a bad place where yeah. he, they can't even make it but, up. But, but the thing is, is that the wife in that situation is the one who is being disloyal, right? It's yeah. like the husband might've been unkind and then she's being disloyal by going and, um, she's not protecting his reputation or his good name, which is what we ought to be doing is protecting the good name of our children and our husbands and our, right. you know. You might want to say, however, just go ahead and put the, the qualifications in there since that's such a hot topic. Well, that's what we were going to say is that, like, of course there's times when you have to go for help. And one of the right. things that, like, our grandparents always said is, how do you know if you should tell somebody? And I think it's really a smart test is, are they part of the problem or part of the solution? If they're neither, then, then you have no business. business telling yeah. them. So, like, of course there are times when a wife needs to go get help, but right, she but probably like going to doesn't the elders. need it from her book group. She needs it from right. the pastor. And it's really common for women, say that there was a husband who's being emotionally abusive, and he should not be. But it is very common for women to be wildly disloyal as a wife by telling all of the women, and then wildly disloyal Loyal. as a Christian yes. by not going to the elders, by not going to people who would actually... Who could Make actually do something? Yes, yeah. or who could say if you keep acting like an unbeliever, we will treat you publicly like an unbeliever? Like yeah. there is consequences to this, and yeah. you don't. And the reason that women do this is they go blab to everyone about it, but then they like the status of being a person who everyone is focused <laughs> yes. on. So they don't want to say it's okay. Right. It's, you know what I mean? Like, or they don't want right. to go get counsel that would actually also check on what they've been doing. Like, <laughs> or like, or that will actually. Um, follow through and do something well it's like if if you go and tell the pastor then suddenly you're not playing with monopoly money anymore. no no it's like all of a sudden this is some real cash you're playing with and what happens and there's is lots that, of women that are too no, cowardly what happens, to do that what happens is they'll say something like he's just terrible about this and such and then as soon as the pastor or someone's like okay so this is the steps we're gonna take it's like no 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 actually i <laughs> like i didn't want to be on the books for that right. because that's not really accurate anyways you know what I mean like basically I don't actually think that that's what was happening yeah, so you know lots like of times I'm changing my mind it's it's just um well it's just nothing but uh what's the word I'm looking for it's like unprofitable in every way to yeah. go talk to people 
who are not part of either the problem. Like sometimes, yeah. sometimes you have like a four-way snarl of some kind, and you have to discuss it with the people with who are involved. With multiple people, yes. You have to go get the two or three witnesses because yes. there were two yes. or three witnesses, and you have to go, you know, pursue it right. to the people <clears throat> who are part of the problem. But spreading the news through the back channels does We're just nothing. not biblically dealing with it. Yeah, it's, it's just not. destructive. And, yeah. and so, and you can really damage relationships kind of irreparably where the mother-in-law now forever thinks that her son-in-law is a punk and it's because... But over things like he forgot to get the milk when I asked him to. Now, we're not talking about... Uh, yeah. We're not... I just want to put it in a different class. We're not talking about Abusive too bad husbands. you told your mom no. that your husband was having an affair. No, like, no, no, shouldn't no, have no. done that. No. We're talking about the level of petty grievances in mill, a marriage. Christian yes. marriages. Both people are walking with the Lord and yet are still sinners. And then there's lots of ways where mothers can do this about their kids. Like they can gripe about their teenage son or they can gripe about their daughter in a way that their friends will remember and it's just, it's basically like, it's just a really unkind thing to do to right. your children. And I, gosh, should I sail into uncharted territory here and say, I feel like a lot of those like mom videos online are so horrible where the, all of the jokes are about how bad the kids are and how yeah. hideous it is to be a mom and how, and, and it's like, do you not think that your kids are going to watch that later or, you know, and yeah. how... You know what I, I mean? just think that won't your attitude now impact them? <laughs> because it will. Like, yeah. like the fact and that I you're get, like, like oh. some of them are kind of funny. Like they can be kind of funny, but it's just yeah. the whole joke rests on running down your children, who you really should be respecting, even from and the building up. Little. But you should be building them up beyond where they are currently. Like there's a certain kind of friend that you can think of as being like a running partner, who joins in and just makes you work harder yeah and that's just such a wonderful kind of a friend a friend yeah. who assumes better of you than you assumed yes. and you're like no i think i can do that i think i can you know what i mean like yeah. where it pushes you and that's the kind of friend that you want to always be being to your children yeah. it's not pointing out how bad they are at things but instead mm -hmm. bringing them along and being like i know you can do this you know like yeah. i know that you're and you're a good friend in this and you're gonna you know and they should know that they can trust their mother Yes. Their mother's not going to go tell embarrassing stories to all their friends. Right. And one thing, one thing I'm going to mention here that is a good thing to do if you do in disciplining children, something that I think is just a wonderful practice. It's very easy to get into the just automatic, you know, whatever you're doing. You're just kind of, you know, you're just kind of going through the, like, you shouldn't have talked like that because that was, you know, whatever. You're mm -hmm. not really, one thing that I do, um, not all the time, but what I try to do is when we pray with them, and I have them pray, but then I pray and actually spend some time thanking God for this child and and telling them by telling God yeah. what we think of them, like and how thankful we are for them, and how we're so thankful that that He is so kind and so brave and so you know like whatever and yeah. saying and. And asking God in front of your child to help you be wise parents of this yeah. wonderful person. And like, and the thing that I have, the littler the kid, the sweeter the response to this. It's like where they rub their feet together. They're so yeah. blessed. Like where they're just like snuggling in with you feeling like, but it is this, it is the statements of this is who you are is yeah. so important to kids. Yeah. And when you say things, and if you haven't done this, 
you try it sometime where you say, you know what your dad and I have noticed about you. Yeah. And then we tell them what we think of them, not, not their problems. We tell them what we think of their, of their virtues. virtues. And we say, we're so thankful that you've been this way and we're, we see this in you and we love that and we want that to keep growing. Yeah. And we see, and you know what, that is so helpful for them because sometimes they're like, really? I yeah. am? Yeah. Like they honestly have no clue. And yeah. you tell them that and they're like. No, it's very formative. It is because they're like, I'm the kind of person. And do you know what I remember that? I remember that when I was really little, probably like five or maybe six. <laughs> I had the, my baby quilt still. That was like a weird 80s puffy pastel plaid thing with yes. like a staticky fabric on the back. <laughs> but I loved it. I thought it was so beautiful. It was like pastel plaid and uh, in, in our bedroom. Yeah. I arranged it under the window, the quilt, with a cassette player on it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, some something else on there. I don't know what else I had, but it was like a, a vignette of the baby quilt <laughs> with a cassette player on it. This is exactly like Blair. Blair yeah. would so do this. Blair like hangs random ensembles on her curtain rods and stuff. And I'm like, wait, what happened here? <laughs> She's like, I whipped up a little something, something, hung it on the wall. So anyways, but the, I remember going to get mom to show her and her yeah. coming in and her saying, I, and it's so funny that I can remember this in our room with the pink walls and the stenciled yeah. hearts around the top. Uh -huh. And I remember mom saying, Oh, Rachel, you always make things so beautiful. <laughs> and I know, I remember what I did. And I know that what she said was not actually that <laughs> on point with what I had done. And, but it was like, but she was expressing admiration for the fact that I wanted to, that yeah. I wanted to make it beautiful yeah. and that I tried. And the thing that's funny is that not that that's, I would, I mean, I don't mean to, but that is something that stuck with me as yeah. something that I always wanted to do. Yeah. Was like, make things yeah. and it was like it's funny started at a very early age you know I went and tried it but mom affirmed that yeah and it was like yeah which right. is very different I might throw in than forcing your children to achieve all the things you want them to achieve and insisting that they perform in all of the right, right. categories but it's you know but it's just encouraging them where you see their strengths and trying to right you know add to it but I'm trying one thing I just have to say this because it's on topic here one thing I'm doing with my kids this summer well a theme of things I mentioned another one about doing the Bible reading and then I added I bought everybody a blank sketchbook and we have one little case of sketching pencils yeah and every day we do a 15 minute sketching challenge where oh, we all draw the same thing so like oh, today fun. we did an apple um, and the rules are you only get to touch the eraser one time Oh, nice. Like, okay. so the erasers are in the middle, but it's like, we're going to, you can touch it once in yeah. the challenge, but we'll all draw it. And they have loved that so much. And so then there's another thing that I'm doing, which is a project for each one of them. That's something they want to be better at, but don't like working on. Oh, sure. Which is something that Playing got the piano, something that they got out of fellowship with like a project that they wished they were good at, but yeah. they aren't. So that's another thing that we're doing as well, that's 20 fun. minutes, like just work on that that's for 20 fun. minutes that's yeah. very cool anyways that's a great idea it's things to push through the it's like you can actually I, that's what i want them to remember is that you can actually get a lot better at things yeah, by just continue yeah, yeah by just pushing yourself yeah anyways okay so look at we're we're already talking our heads off so what's a good recommend would you ever recommend 
What do you Yes, I'm reading a book that I started last night. <laughs> I am not a good one at pacing myself on the books, but I started it last night. And I'm probably two-thirds of the way done with it now, so, okay. you know, I'll be done in a minute. But it's Boys in the Boat. It's the... Um, it's a true story of the um, University of Washington crew team that won the Berlin Olympics. And, Very fun. And it's the story of their... Um, it's mostly the story of the... Well, at least so far, it's mostly kind of one main character with... Who is actually, I think, a neighbor of the author. That, okay. And that he went in and met him when he was, like, dying of... Um, so in his old age, yeah. he got the story, and then he's wrote the whole okay. book about it. And it's about... Um, it's really lovely and very moving. Like, it's it's just... It's that time period. It's just shockingly, like... Hard. Yes. It was like granddad. And it's fun because our grandpa rode for the Navy, for the Naval Academy. Yeah. And our granddad was... was it, there's a lot that was their life about this. That was the... Like, yeah. the same time period, obviously. And the... Um, depression era but like a country that's still reeling from world war one but as world war two is kind of heating up and yeah. then there are all these other things that you know if you're not think when you think of it in terms of the life of a person in the country and you're like the dust bowls and yeah. the everybody at like no food for you know and okay. and the main guy joe has just a really hard past, but you know, it's like Spokane area. Mm -hmm. It's our, it's where we live where yeah. a lot of this happened. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously Seattle area and it is just a lovely, no, it's fun. lovely, like it's very kind of Cinderella man. I think it's very like okay. the hard knock life. Right. And, and, um, but it's one of the funniest things in that book is that his gold medal, when he's an old man, his Olympic gold medal disappeared. From the house. Oh no. Right? They looked everywhere, couldn't find his Olympic gold medal. From the Berlin Olympics. Yeah. It's not like one that you'd want to lose as a right. family. Right. They had no idea. Then later they were remodeling and found it in a wall that apparently a squirrel had taken a shine to it and oh took word. it up and nested with it somewhere. <laughs> I was like, that is the weirdest. The weird like I'm so thankful for them that they found it. Like that is funny. anyways. An indoor squirrel, cool. a squirrel that thieves your gold, <laughs> your gold medal from the Olympics. <laughs> All right, what oh, what's your recommend? Goodness. Well, I'm not. Gosh, reading right now. I I just started reading. This is really a hot recommend that nobody's ever thought of. <laughs> <laughs> I just started reading The Magician's Nephew again last night. <laughs> because I don't know why you couldn't have recommended uh, The Don Treader. <laughs> Since we were well, on that, I, not, there is a good it. reason. I there I have some students who actually want to do an honors class over the summer, and it's bridging between. I just finished teaching them classical lit, and then I'm going to start teaching the same class Brit lit next All fall. Right. And so I'm I need something that would be a fun like summer, but like an honors class level. So I was actually considering doing um. Narnia, but paired with Planet Narnia, and then mm, tying yeah, it into because we, we just finished classical lit, so it might be a looking at Lewis's right. use of of mythology in his books. That and, poem, you know, his poem, the planets. Oh, I didn't memorize it, but you know that. 
Well, I mean, I, I memorized it back in the day, but I, okay. I'm sure I could. But see, it seems like that might be, I, I haven't decided that's what I'm going to do, but it seems like that might be kind of fun because some of them I'm sure haven't read the Narnia books since they were like really little. little. Yeah. So revisiting them. I mean, I know reading Narnia is not like honors level stuff, but no, at the but same it's fun time, to get them to do it again when they're older, and then to pair it with the kind of more academic take on it be really might fun. be interesting. And we're gonna start Brit Lit. You're next never year. too old for Narnia. No, you just and keep reading that's them. the thing. I started reading Magician's Nephew again. I'm like, oh, I haven't read this so since good. the kids were little, and like, it was really time yeah. to revisit it. But we've also um, we're gonna read. Um, Lewis right at the beginning of the year because I, I have the students read That Hideous Strength paired with um, we're doing a Middle English component and we do a lot of the Arthurian legends and stuff so it's fun to Well guys <laughs> we talked the recorder right out of batteries and, and in an awesome way just like those phone conversations where someone hangs up and you don't notice and you're like four minutes into your your story before we don't know where we left off. wherever we left you hanging we might know have... that the most captivating things came right after that yeah and uh so anyway we um we should probably just <laughs> we don't I know think enclosure because that'll do pig <laughs> because the battery died we have no way of we have no way of ascertaining it. so so we don't know where we left us. you forgive us for this maybe next week we'll go back and we'll have a little insert whatever maybe. it was maybe not maybe, maybe we'll not. leave you guessing forever so, so. we'll have anyway, a good week we will be fun. back with more tales of summer go. stress <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bye, bye.